Take something iconic like the all-electric 2024 Fiat 500e. Add something electrica. Bring the swagger. And an Italian icon is remixed and ready to drop with its available premium JBL audio system. Tap the banner to learn more. Fiat is a registered trademark of FCA Group Marketing SPA. Used under license by FCA US LLC. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe and I'm the editor of Olive and your hungry host. On this week's podcast, digital writer Alex is at Chinese supermarket Nulu Moon in Soho this week chatting to Sai Pin Moore, founder of mini Thai restaurant empire Rose's Thai. Listen on for insider tips about how to shop for the best Thai herbs and vegetables, along with how to use these ingredients to make the perfect Thai green curry and more unique recipes. Do you always use chicken in your Thai green curry? Think again. Plus, our travel editor Rhiannon is back and this time she's taking us on a foodie tour of her hometown and my old hometown actually, Bath. Listen out for her top tips on where to eat, shop, drink and more. First up, here's Alex and Thai food expert, Sai Pinmore. So hello, hi, I'm here in Chinatown, London at New Loon Moon on Gerard Street. So this was the first Asian supermarket in the area and it's been supplying London with over 4,000 types of Southeast Asian goodies for over 40 years now. And we're talking Malaysian, Korean, Burmese and all the rest. But today I'm here to talk about Thai ingredients with Saipin Moore. And Saipin is the founder of mini Thai restaurant empire Rose's Thai and she's just opened her eighth um, Rose's Thai in Brixton yeah. and um, she's going to teach us a bit more about Thai ingredients so yes. hello hello, hello. you right? yes and um, so we're going to learn more about Thai cuisine and Thai ingredients yes we? let's go have a look okay so we're in the fresh produce section at the moment um, so Sai Pin what are the most important ingredients in Thai cuisine is there like a holy trinity at all yes it's a holy trinity it's the uh, lemon glass um and red and green bird eye chili. Okay, dokes. And is there any do you have any tips about lemongrass and that when you're buying it? Um the lemongrass if I buy it, I'm always buying um very fresh one. You know, like you still almost see it's some kind of um wheat green but it's not um it's not going brown and it's really fresh from the bottom. So the so bottom have to be, yeah. Is that, is that normal? Yeah, it's normal. Okay. And um, yeah, it's have to be, you know, like a very fat part on the bottom and then going right to the top is just um, a, lot thinner. a lot thinner. Okay, so, so that is a very bottom, fresh. thin on the top. Yes. Okay, what about galangal? Uh, galangal is have to be, um, it's a very, if you look at it, it's very strange it's a fresh, looking. I don't know if anybody's yeah. seen it before, but it's kind of pinky, knobbly, yes. white. Because uh, <laughs> the pinky one, because it's just only come out from the ground. Okay, so and that's the root. Yeah, it's just the root. And um, when you're buying uh, galangal, uh, you know, look at very fresh. It's not like a dry, uh, brownie, dry. So, okay. Yeah, so, so that is not fresh, but I have fresh to look very fresh. Newborn almost. Yes, look like a newborn. Yeah. yeah? Newborn baby here. Yes. <laughs> Great. And then, and then chili. Uh, chili. So also, lots of different type of chili. Yes. And um, a Thai chili, but I, red chili is called pig dang. We use a lot of our cookings and um, got the different chili. Is, you know, this one is, um, we call pig chifa red chili. 
Okay. And then we've got another chili. So use the red chili. Yeah, we we use a lot of red chili, and uh, we've got this one, pix one. It's it pix one. It's just like uh, bird bird chili. Okay. That is a very tiny one, but it's very powerful. Okay, so they yeah. they're going to give you all the heat that you get. Yes, in Thai yes, yes. And so, how do you use these three ingredients together to create that perfect blend? Um, we, you know, when you want to create the uh, uh, the balance of the taste, um, you have to to make sure that uh, when you add the chili, right, and uh, you know, it depends on how much chili that you can take. Okay. Do you okay. use the whole of the chili? I use a whole chili. And with the seeds as well? With the seeds as well. When I make a curly paste, okay. so I will smash them, you know, with the, with the seed. Okay. And then um, when you make a curly paste, you know, you, you've got the uh, lemongrass, galangal, chili, and, um, you know, you just have to smash them with garlic and... Charlotte. Um, and do you yeah. use a puzzle and water to do that? Yes. And to prepare the lemongrass, I never know. Do you have to take off a few layers first? Yes, because yeah. uh, the uh, the first layer is quite hard, and then if you peel them, you know, probably one or two, and then chop. I will. For me, I use every part of um, lemongrass. Do you? Do yes. Different things, or is it no, no. I, I mean, I use whole things when okay. I when I do the curly paste. I don't throw them. Okay, good. Yeah. Nice to know that you're not wasteful. Yes. Okay, so there's such a variety in produce in Thailand. Um, can you tell us a different, about the different types of Thai aubergine? Because most people only know one aubergine, that being the, the large, dark purple aubergine. And I can see over here, let's mm. just go over to the aubergine section, which is very impressive. Um, so we've got some purple long aubergines. We've got tiny little... Um, berry aubergines they yeah. almost look like and then we've got some round light green aubergines yeah. can you tell us about the Thai aubergines that you use okay I use the uh, white round uh, aubergines that is I especially use this one at the green curry okay and, and what um, does that give we add, extra um, it's quite sweet yeah okay. um, but it's um, it's not as sweet as the English one Okay. Okay. So, and then the um, the tiny bit one is we call makhe um, puang, you know, makhe uh, puang. So this one is the aubergines. Um, we call a uh, baby aubergine. Baby aubergines. Yes, so baby when aubergines. I, when I've heard of baby aubergines, I've yeah. seen them there. So this like is the a big, big purple aubergines, but mini. Yeah. Is, no, is that, that, that right? is not. This so is a baby aubergine. These are like tiny yeah, little very berries tiny. on yes. a little branch. Yes. So how would you prepare these? Uh, we just peel them off from the stove and then we use them um, with our green curry. Okay, and do you yeah. put them in whole? We cook a whole things, yes. And the taste is a bit bitter. Okay. But is that what we're looking for? Okay, so does that that gives an added yes. bitterness to yes. balance and the Yes, and they're going so well with green curry. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with with your green curry, how do you make the perfect green curry? Because how do I make a green curry? Um, my perfect green curry, you know, I am. Um, everyone make a curry the same things, but for me, I will add a lot more herbs in it. Okay. You know, I mean, everything have to put extra. If I if I put 
uh, two stroke of lemon glass, I will add three. Okay. You know what I mean? So double. And then yeah, double everything. And um, my my trip is um, when I make a curly paste myself, I'm always use uh, laser galangal to add it in. Less galangal. Yeah, la laser galangal. I need I I add them in. Okay. Yeah, it's the uh, add more. Um, what they call um, more taste, stronger taste. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then, what's your favorite uh, meat or veg to put in? Um, to I'm always curry? Thai green curry. I'm always cook them with my beef. Beef. Because I love beef green curry. So what I've I've had when I have Thai food, if I have beef, I usually have it in masaman. Is that yes? Is that, normal? that is a very normal. But in Thailand, masaman we always have with the chicken thighs, right. the chicken leg. Interesting. Yes. So why is that? Does it soak up more flavour? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's interesting because in because England we usually have Thai green curry with chicken yeah. and masaman with beef. Yes, but I got opposites. Yes. Yeah, great. Well, good to know. So if yes. you want to be authentic, then we should have it the other way around. Yes. Um, so if we're coming to Rose's Thai and we want to try something a bit more adventurous, so I know a lot of people know of Thai green curry and Thai red curry and yeah. masaman. Can you suggest something a bit more out there? For yes. Um, if you do come to uh, Roses, I recommend that spicy seafood hot plate. The reason why I choose that dish because you know you can have a lot of ingredients in there. That um, example, uh, green peppercorn, and then um, garlic, uh, holy basil. Holy basil. What, what's that? Uh, holy basil is is some kind of another different part of the uh, basil leaf. Okay. Yeah. And does it give a different type of uh, give a different texture uh, because holy basil is more spicy. Okay. Yeah, and more powerful than holy basil. Uh, okay. No, a sweet basil. So is this and, um, a curry? No, this is not a curry. It's a stir fry. Stir fry. But okay. but we will put a whole of um, um, a really strong flavor of um, our ingredients in. Okay, so it's really punchy. It's really punching, yes, yes. Okay, great. Yeah, lemongrass, galangal, laser galangal, holy basil, and then chili, garlic, so everything is in this dish. Yeah, so so I think everyone should try that one. Okay, and is it spicy? It's, yes, yeah. spicy. Because when I came to uh, Lao Cafe, I know the food is very spicy. Yes. Can you t tell us quickly a little bit about the... Um, the four components of Lao cuisine, because I know they're salty, sweet, sour and spicy. Um, does that create a real balance for you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, um, Lao food is always got um, actually three, three tastes on it okay. when you cook. It's a spicy, salty and sour. Spicy, salty and sour. Okay. Yes. There's a lot going on. That is a, yes, have to be. If you make a salad, it's... My favourite? Yeah, your favourite Lao dish? It has to be papaya salad. Papaya salad. Yes. And how do you create the perfect papaya salad? Not giving your secrets away, of course. Yes. Um, for me, if I put one, one teaspoon of fish sauce, I will put one teaspoon of um, lime juice and one tea, teaspoon of um, palm sugar. And everything has to be balanced the same. Okay. And how does this differ from a Thai um, papaya salad? Um, the difference because uh, Thai papaya salad, it will be 
sweet and sour. Okay. Yeah, sweet and sour and tiny bit um, salty. But for Laos, you've got spicy, sour, salty, and sweet is the last one. Okay. Um, and when you're buying your Thai ingredients, where do you buy them from? I always come to Chinatown. Yes? Yes. Where, where do you recommend? What's where we are now, I presume? Yeah, we are now. Are there any <laughs> this other is where. Yes, you can, but this, this one is more like you can get almost everything okay. that I'm looking for. And what about if we've been shopping, we want something just to eat quickly? What would you recommend? Some street food in Chinatown? Uh, for the Chinese food? Yeah, um, I always go to the uh, Golden Dragon. Golden Dragon? Yes. Okay. Do they do that is my favourite one, yes. I love I've been eating there for almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Can you take them away? Um, yes, you oh, can. I might go and get some now. Yeah. <laughs> know them very well. Great. Okay, yes. so if you want to try um, Saipin's Thai food, you can go to one of her eight um, yes. Rose's Thai cafes. Yeah, um, you can, can go you to the close one. You can go to the uh, Soho one in yeah. the Dean Street or Cannabis Street one. Okay, wonderful. All right. And then um, yeah. we'll put something online about um, Thai ingredients and Thai food. So you can look at that on olivemagazine.com as well. Thanks so much, Saipin. Thank you. Big thank you to Saipin Moore. And next, here's travel editor Rhiannon taking us on a virtual tour of Bath's independent food and drink scene. Hello, this is Laura, the editor of Olive, and I'm here with Rhiannon, our lovely travel editor. So welcome back, Rhiannon. You haven't thank been on the you. podcast for a while, have you? <laughs> um, so last week you were in Bath, which is actually your hometown. That's You're right. on a, checking out a new trail. Um, and I should just say it's, it's my hometown, kind of, as well. It's my old stomping ground before I moved to London for the Olive job. So I know it very well and have it's a very dear place in my heart. So, uh, yeah, tell us about this trail that you're on. Well, yes, it's so nice to have an excuse to see your hometown mm. through fresh eyes as well because yes. you get used to going to the same places and eating the same things sometimes so this was a good chance to go and see it as a tourist I guess yeah yeah um and the whole concept was there are lots of great small independent businesses in Bath from interior shops like the fig store on Walcott Street which I really love and classic bookshops like Mr B's Emporium and Toppings yes, which is where um, you had your book launch as yes well. good plug thank you <laughs> yeah I had a book out a couple of years ago and Toppings very kindly did a lovely book launch in there but they, they really specialise well and Mr B's in great great independent book you know books and novels and cookery books and books. they have um, really good recommendations as well personal recommendations and I think they're really good at supporting local authors as well yes. so if someone does do something locally yeah. they'll support it so yes. also as a visitor that's really nice because yeah. they're really a great place to go to get local info yes um, and events as well lots of events and events yeah um, and one of the others that jumped out on this trail for me was Spotty Herbert's, which is a funky little Ooh. shop selling children's clothes and gifts, not particularly food-related, but, but good to know about. Interesting yeah, definitely. Um, but the, the idea is that Bath also has a growing number of chain stores and restaurants, which is really quite noticeable recently, yeah. and um, that can be a good thing. Lots of people yeah. enjoy eating in those places and visiting those places, but um, sometimes it's harder for the smaller businesses to shout above that and make yeah. themselves seen, so... Um, I went along to meet the people behind this new initiative who are aiming to put the spotlight on the city's one-off makers, producers and sellers. 
um, the whole thing has been kick-started by Silvana at the Foodie Bugle, who has moved to Bath, and um, he's doing amazing things to promote what makes the city special. Yeah. I definitely want Silvana on my team, (laughs) because she's (laughs) like a one-woman whirlwind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she's so enthusiastic, it's really nice to see that, and very supportive of other local businesses. Mm. If you're new to Bath, definitely check out her Instagram feed, which is at the Foodie Bugle, because she often mentions great spots around the city. Yeah, she used um, to have a food magazine online, didn't she, which then turned into a bookazine, that's which right. is promoting, it's always the same ethos of promoting great local producers, uh, artisans related to food and drink, and she's also now got a shop of her own, hasn't she? That's right, and you can pick that magazine or bookazine up yeah. in her shop, yeah. and um, this tour is a nice chance for me to go there, because she has... Since she moved to Bath, she opened one shop and then yeah. moved to a new uh, location. Yeah. So I hadn't been to the new one. Okay. So it was nice to see that. And um, it's full of beautiful homewares and yeah. um, kitchenwares and books and food gifts. And it also has a cafe, a really sweet little mm. cafe with lovely homemade cakes and coffee. And I was really interested to see that their coffee comes from Easy Jose, oh, right, um, okay. which is um, based, they're based just outside Bath, between Bath and Bradford-on-Avon. Okay. And I, whenever I see somewhere that has their coffee, I always have a cup because it's really delicious. Yeah, I can, um, I can concur. They do very nice food. Like, their office used to be... Uh, the shop used to be just around from my office in Bath. Of course. And so cookie run or salad run <laughs> or any kind of food-related run would always be there. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the other thing um, that Silvana is doing is setting up a new market in the centre of the city on Abbey Green, which oh, is wow. where her shop is. Right. Um, it's a really pretty little square and it's called the Bath Independent. Uh, the website is independentbathmarket.com. Okay. Have, a, have a look, because the first one takes place next month on the 21st of May. Amazing, OK. And the idea is that it will run on the third Sunday of every month through the summer into early autumn. OK. If anyone's been to the Froome Independent, which is amazing... Really um, good. The, I, they're trying to do a kind of mini, teeny-tiny version of that. I love that Bath, <laughs> a big city, is doing a mini version of Froome. <laughs> um, but Froome is a very good market, so if they can get anywhere near like that, that would be really good exactly yeah um all uh, you know ex- exactly that ethos local makers and producers it's yeah. all somerset um, brilliant produced yeah. so that's nice yes um, um so in the meantime people can follow the trail absolutely um it's not a trail as such with a map to follow okay. but it's more an association of like-minded businesses right if you search for the hashtag independent bath on twitter or instagram you'll soon have a whole host of places to hunt out across the city um, some are quite obvious, and this is actually really interesting on the trail because one of the first places um, that it went to was S- Sally Lund's Buns. Yeah. And as someone who lives there, you kind of think, oh, Sally Lund's Buns. <laughs> Again. Yeah, <it's> so touristy. <laughs> uh, but I had one, and I don't, if most people listening to this might know what Sally Lund's Buns are, but if you don't, they're just like giant, giant baps. Yeah. Ever so slightly sweet, not yeah. not really sweet, I'm but a um, bit brioche, but not brioche, as sweet. Exactly, yeah. and inside, um, it was a really good reminder. They're actually delicious. Yeah. They're really, really fluffy and light. Yeah, um, and so, so many different uses for them as well. I remember <laughs> when I went to Sally Lunds, which is a you do have to visit it. <laughs> it's to. really if you ever live or visit Bath, you have to go. I had Welsh rarebit on mine, which was really good because nice. lots of people have cream and jam and things. I think yes. sweet toppings, but Welsh rarebit is my top tip. Uh, yes. Well, funnily enough, Marmite went down very oh, well in our oh, house. Okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Marmite makes everything taste good. Yeah, taste it does. <laughs> um, 
but and also there's the Beth Bun as well. Yes. Which I, people get confused. I should probably put yes. the record straight and say yeah. there's two separate things altogether. The Beth Bun it's a bit smaller and it's yeah. definitely sweet. It's got crunchy sugar on the top, Eat some delicious. fruit in. Yes, sometimes a little sugar cube. Yeah, and very nice with cinnamon butter. Yeah, Ooh, um, yeah. And you can get the, that from the central market, can't you? The indoor market from that's Bath. right. They sell yes. those there. Um, and there is also um, Burtonet Bakery. Yes, um, which are also um, a great local independent business. Mm. They do them and th- um, thoughtful bread. Ah, okay, which great. was probably one of the big hits of the independent food trail yeah. because um, they, well, they're just so lovely. There's local business and yeah. they make really delicious breads and cakes and things. Um, yes, and. They're very generous in spirit. So they have this thing where you can go in and barter. You know, the, the, oh, really? if you've got like <laughs> loads of wild garlic, you can take it into them and they this. might give you some bread in return and Great. then they'll use the wild garlic in their cheese swirls or whatever that. they're making. Really good idea. Um, and they gave us all these little sweet egg boxes, yeah. which had little tiny weeny buns yeah. in each egg you, slot. <laughs> you put this on our Instagram, actually, didn't you? I, I think I did. Yes. Have a look. Because yeah. they're really cute. And some were beetroot and some were sourdough. They really and they're tasty. all really delicious. Yeah. Um, so that's a real, a really nice place to check out. And there's so much wild garlic around right now around Bath. Exactly. So please, that's a really good top tip. <laughs> the whole city <laughs> is smelling of wild yeah. garlic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, and what else did you discover? Well, um, I guess... Um, Back to coffee. There are a lot of coffee shops. I mean, that's one yeah. thing Bath does really well, as well as yeah. Foodie Boogle. Makoko was not on that trail, but it's one of my favourite places okay. to have coffee. I've not heard of that one. Where's that? It's a really small business. I, I think they've got. They've certainly got one opposite the station. Okay. One place opposite the station. I think they've just opened in Bristol as well. Right. And they also have Easy Jose coffee, so, good, good so it's coffee. delicious. Yeah. Um, and the other, of course, there's Colonna and Smalls, which yeah. is a real. Um, iconic bath yeah. institution that's the yeah. word yeah um and but also society cafe which has various branches and i think they are just opening in bristol or have done oh, um as well i'm really pleased with them uh, they all do really good speciality coffee don't they which is they do yeah. well i missed visiting them on the trail and i was kicking myself <laughs> because i saw again on instagram that people were showing all these pictures of cascara that they were okay. doing uh, making from their um it's the pith, it's the peel of the Ooh. coffee cherry, isn't right. it? Made into, in, infused a bit like tea. Wow. And they were serving it cold with ice, soda and basil leaves. Where was that? At Society, Society Cafe. Great, amazing. Um, and I think they do do that throughout the summer on yeah. certain dates. You just check their Twitter or Instagram and Great. they'll say, today we're serving cascara yeah. and I'm going down when they, when they <laughs> I do. I think I need to go back to Boston. Uh, amazing. So that was really interesting. Um, and you were telling me about beer as well. <laughs> yes, beer is the other thing. Although it's cider country, obviously, Bath well, beer, yeah. they also do really well. And there's, of course, Bath Ales, quite yeah. well known, and Electric Bear yes. uh, Brewing Company. But And there are so many classic pubs that people come mm-hmm. to in Bath, like the Bell for live music and yeah. King William Marlborough Tavern gastro pubs, yes. those kind yeah. of places. But my top tip, if you want to try regional craft beers on tap, is to go and seek out the Chapter One pub, okay. which is this tiny, well, it's not that tiny, but um, small, independently owned pub on London Road. So okay. it's heading slightly out of town. Yeah. And um, it's very stripped back. It doesn't really look like a pub, 
um, and it's but it's got a lovely fireside yeah. in the winter and it's just the thing that does really well is that um, as well as I should say it does handmade scotch eggs really nicely as well. We like that. Always good. good. Yeah. Um, is um, independent craft beers. A lot of them are yeah. regional, so they have tap takeovers from breweries like Kettlesmith, who are at Bradford on Avon. Great. So that's really good. If wine is more your thing, head to Corkage, which I wrote a review of. You can find yes. on Olive's website. Yeah. And this is a really lovely small wine bar. I guess it's also a bottle shop, but all the wines are from small producers, really interesting bottles that you might not have found. Yeah. And you can try them all by the glass Great. and you can even get different sized glasses. So if yeah. you just want a really tiny one yeah. for very cheaply, you can do that or you can order a whole bottle and then you can get small plates to go alongside. We actually wrote about this is that find the place and I think we mentioned Corkage in our May issue which is out now um, we sort of said the gastro pub is dead and this is that kind of wine bar or um, wine shop where you can try lots of different great fine wines and have a really good plate of food as well it's kind of the new thing on yes. the app so Corkage opened was it about 12 months ago maybe yes it must be um, they, they're kind of one of the the first to kind of start this new wave of, of eating and drinking which and I'm a big a no, fan of it's a no brainer isn't it yeah. once you go somewhere like that you think why aren't there loads of places exactly. like this this is exactly how and we want to eat and drink yeah, now. I know. So, yes, they were ahead of the game. Yeah, we there. like them. Um. Yeah. Um, and one thing I should say before we move on to restaurants, I know there's some really brilliant restaurants in Bath as well, is that all of these places are in walking distance. I don't know yes. if people realise this if they haven't been to Bath before. Um, and like many cities where you might have to get in a cab or jump on a bus, everywhere in Bath is in walking distance. <laughs> you might have to walk up some hills, uh, but you definitely can walk everywhere. So it's really good to plan your day out and go and visit all these places if you can. And, yeah, you can walk around and drink and eat and be merry. Anyway, yes, so restaurants. Okay, great point. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so the trail, and I joined them for lunch. Um, the lunch was at Acorn, which is a very classy vegetarian restaurant yes. in the centre of Bath. Um, in a really pretty little cobbled street as well. It's near it's, Sally Lund's, It's next it? door yeah. to Sally Lund's yeah. buns, yes. <laughs> Double whammy. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it looks like something from a kind of period drama, yeah. that street, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a visit, yeah. Um, but inside it's very modern, um, lots of uh, simple wood yeah. and it's very kind of modern light feel to it. The sunlight was streaming through the window. It was a really lovely day. Yeah. And it does vegetarian food in a very modern way. If you mm. think vegetarian food, I mean, no one does anymore, of course, no one does. But if you think it's all kind of um, nut loaves, yeah. this is absolutely the opposite of yeah. that. We had... Um, I mean, even the olive oil that we had with yeah. the bread was amazing to start off with, really, really peppery. Good um, start. But we had a gorgeous agnolotti made with smoked Winchester cheese, Ooh. which was so like, pillowy, delicious, gooey cheese. And they had a huge king oyster mushroom on the top. And then this, what I really loved was celeriac. It was um, sliced really, really thinly and layered, a bit like a kind of um, harder, mean fame. Ooh, um, <laughs> that was, and a really rich mushroom sauce to go with it. It was really So really creative Very creative. Yeah, nice. And um, seasonal. They also did this delicious pudding with the last of the forced rhubarb. Oh, okay, great. Um, which was also, because actually that's quite, that's quite substantial, that agnolotti. And yeah. um, so the rhubarb came with an almond amaretto cream and a really peppery, but um, not peppery, aniseedy yeah. fennel sorbet. And it was really fresh and delicious. Mm. I thought they got that balance really, really nicely done. Nice. Um, and in fact... Bath is just really good for vegetarians. Yeah, which it's got good heritage, hasn't it? Does. it? For serving veggies, yeah. <laughs> it does. Um, 
there's Beyond the Kale at yeah. um, Green Park Station, which is great for juices and pickles and salads and vegan mm. cheesecakes. Um, great for picking up lunch on the run. I used to get and a courgette a lot from there. It's very really nice. Good. Yeah. And in fact, while we're on that subject, I should say if you're in that neighborhood stop off at wolf wines which is Ooh. also there and yeah. does boutique uh, just interesting bottles that you might not have heard of Great. from a little tiny cabin we like um, <laughs> along, <laughs> just along from beyond the kale um nice. but around the corner from acorn is demuth's cookery school okay. and of course rachel demuth used to run a vegetarian restaurant in the site that acorn is now on and so the chefs nice used to work for rachel yes. as well so there's all the lineage there of, yes. yeah okay um they really know what they're doing um but demuth's also check out Olive's website again because I went there separately last month to okay. do, try out one of their cookery Demuth is a cookery school now not yes. a uh, restaurant and their vegan and vegetarian classes are just really do, done really well they're really yeah. professional they know they've been doing it for a long time they know yeah. what they're doing um, but you still pick up all these amazing insights mm. Rachel Demuth who runs them is a real she just loves travelling yeah. so she's particularly good on I mean they She's also good on baking, but she's particularly known for um, food from around the world. Yeah. And I did their Burmese tea house cookery yeah. course. Wonderful. And I came across this thing called Shan Tofu, which I'd never heard of before. Right. And yeah. it's, the name is um, references the Shan tribe. It doesn't right. mean... Um, uh, sham with yeah. an M, <laughs> um, but it's not actually tofu. It's made with chickpea, okay. uh, chickpea flour, right. and um, it's then soaked with water. And when it sets, it's cut up into little cubes and okay. fried, and served with a kind of spicy dip. And it's delicious. absolutely a deli- bit like polenta, I suppose. Yeah. But it's really delicious. The French do a very similar kind of chip things. I want to say. Yes, what are they I can't think what, and it's terrible, isn't it? We, we work on a food magazine and we can't remember what they're called. We're going to have to Google it and get back to you, listeners. But they do incredible uh, deep fried chickpea flour chips. Don't yes. they sound very similar, but they are delicious too. Really, kind of nutty, really yes. yummy. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so, yes, I'd say, you know, all these things waiting to be discovered in Bath. And um, on which note, I think there's so much that I'm going to put a little guide together of my favourite independent Wonderful. businesses, food businesses in Bath. So have a keep an eye on the website and I'll get that up as soon as I can. Brilliant. <laughs> no pressure, Rhiannon. And also make sure you keep an eye out on our Instagram and Twitter pages because Rhiannon and myself when I'm visiting friends and family and all of our regional reviewers and writers, we're often in Bath um, checking out the latest places. So keep an eye for where we've been and where we've been eating and drinking um, as ever. All right. Thank you so much, Rhiannon. Big thanks to everyone on today's podcast and, of course, to you, our lovely listeners. If you like the sound of anything you've heard today, remember you can always find out more at olivemagazine.com plus our new issue of Olive Magazine, the one with that gorgeous stuffed mac and cheese with rich beef ragout on the front cover, is out now in all good news agents and supermarkets. And if you have the time or inclination, and we really hope you do, it literally takes two minutes, please review and rate us on iTunes so lots more lovely listeners get to hear our ramblings. Thanks again. Happy listening, happy eating, happy drinking, and we'll see you next week.